You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Ng. Joyce, they're here. The Oscar nominations were announced. What you Did think? you also get an ad in the middle of film editing on YouTube? You know what? I didn't. I was actually, we, were, we, we threw it up on the TV, Joyce. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, with YouTube, not ABC. I'm a cord cut, I remember. So you resubscribed to YouTube TV? No, well, I did actually to watch the Critics' Choice Awards, and then I canceled it immediately, and so it's still running out. But I watched it actually on the YouTube, the live stream up on YouTube. But it's great. I didn't get any ads. I just got whatever. Yeah, they get they played an ad right when they started doing film editing. I was like, this is great. And then when the ad ended, they finished a category. So I just waited for the Oscars to tweet. Oh, that's so funny. I did not have that on mine. Uh, but Joyce, uh, what a night. What a morning. What a night. What a morning, Joyce. Night? Uh, sure. The 96 Oscars are here. Uh, stop me if you heard me before. Uh, Oppenheimer is a big movie that people loved. 13 nominations, Joyce. Led the, led the field. Uh, Baker's Dozen. Congratulations. Uh, Poor Things is next with 11. Kills, mm -hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon with 10, including some key misses that I was uh, pleased to have predicted. But this is also another 10-time nominee for Marty, just like Gangs of New York, just like The Irishman both of which went over 10. Uh, next was Barbie with eight, perhaps an underperformance we'll talk about here later. Uh, Maestro also with seven. also an overperformance. <laughs> What's that? Also an overperformance. <laughs> overperformance where it was maybe at this point last year, if you're thinking about this, but underperformance where it might've been. Maestro with seven, American Fiction with six, overperform. The Holdovers five, Anatomy of Fall five, Zone of Interest five, and Past Lives with two. We're going to talk about all the nominations of choice. How exciting. Uh, first, before we get into that, what do you think of uh, Jack Quaid and uh, Zizi Bates? Um, they were fine. I, uh, Jack had a lot of energy. I, I loved it. I was like, they should do it every year. Not a single mistake, felt like. I, I still prefer Allison Williams and Riz Ahmed last year, but they were good this year, too. Uh, there was really, no dick poop. No, there was no dick poop, and there was no... Uh, what was the show we were watching where everyone just got every every name wrong? I forget. What well, Tiffany Haddish did it at the Oscars like five years ago. Right. I, it was a recent one. Maybe it was, was, was there one with Will, Wilmer Valderrama? Did he do the Golden Globe? Well, that was the Globe nominations. Well, that they were a, just saying like Spider-Man across the universe. It was a tough beat. This one, everything was very well organized. I felt it looked great. So congratulations to Jack Quaid, uh, my favorite Scream uh, 2022 star. Um, Yeah. So... I don't know. Nothing the else to say. Best picture, about them. I don't know why you care about them, but sure. Good job, the them. Best picture, Joyce. Uh, as we expected, as many people expected, the PGA 10 just carried right over. Has that never happened before, Joyce? We've talked about this. Yes. Trademark. It's never yeah. happened before. I don't know why you're asking. It's never happened. People who are watching, maybe they didn't realize. It's never it's happened never before, happened. but history is meant to be broken, and it was this morning. Uh, the Best Picture nominees at the 2023 Oscars, 2024 Oscars, American Fiction, Anatomy of Fall, Barbie, Holdovers, Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Four Things, and The Zone of Interest. Um, yeah, I think most people got this right. Congratulations to all of us who just didn't change anything after PGA. Copy paste. A lot of us had this before PGA. I, I did. I know you did. Yes. So haven't touched this in months. 
Uh, last time I touched it was when I took color purple out after Christmas. Yeah, you added the color purple over the holidays in place of Mike's Trail because you're like that. Then I took it out. Uh, nothing else really to say here. Oppenheimer, I think, obviously is the favorite. 13 nominations. Poor things, certainly, I think, based on nominations totals and seemingly where it, where it showed up, probably a great contender to be a, a runner-up. And I think American Fiction has a real chance to be a kind of phase two momentum gainer uh, and could really compete to win. But I don't think it will. I'll probably still stick with Oppenheimer. Yeah, American Fiction got five today. Um, so it overperformed. And I know some people were thinking it would underperform today. Like people were doubting Jeffrey Wright, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and because people were torn over Leo and Coleman and were like, what if they both get in instead of Jeffrey? Um, and obviously American Fiction underperformed at BAFTA, which was expected. <laughs> so, but I always felt like American Fiction would play better to the U.S. base <laughs> than the international base. Although there is like a appeal like worldwide too, but the, the film is still, it's like slowly expanding. So I think that's part of it too. Like a lot of people haven't seen it, so they don't know um, what, what kind of crowd pleaser it is, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have to correct myself. I said it had six. It only had five. You're right. But like still a great showing because it got the score and the Sterling came Brown. Yeah, I think most people expected three, like had it down for three. So and I do think it has a great I think of all the like I do think at SAG it could win ensemble. Uh, and I think that would be like a big boost to its like visibility. Whether that's enough to take it down Oppenheimer, I don't know. But I think it'll do. No, well. but but like it's SAG perform like. It getting Sterling K Brown at SAG was already a signal that it was doing well and yeah. playing well with voters. Yeah. So uh, everything else here went as, as expected, uh, like we said. So we'll talk about this later, I guess, but nothing really else to say. Um, and congrats to the PGA for getting it right. No whales this year in the PGA lineup. No, they this this 10 is just it was, you know, this just confirmed they were so far ahead. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know what's 11. So based on how these movies performed, <laughs> what would actually be 11? Uh, no idea. None of these? I don't even know. I mean, there, it was so such a top-heavy lineup. They're just um, so ahead of the field. Like, and like all I don't, the, like, people were, like, some people were, you know, predicting origin. <laughs> all the nominations basically came from these 10 movies, right? Yeah, because I, mean, I think like, the next the next highest total was three for Napoleon, just all in crafts. Um, yeah. past lives got two. The woman talking package, fine, expected. Mm -hmm. um, We're gonna have to start Naya, doing. Naya that. got two, the double acting, but I, that was not eleven. <laughs> no. Uh, we're definitely gonna have to start doing that. I think going forward, the women talking package. Um, I mean, just picture and screenwriting, or just two nominations, because that's happened before, just two. Just the picture and screenwriting. I feel like that's a great. That's a great future. Uh, a future data point. To be like, what's the uh, women talking package this year? It, it. I mean, it depends on the type of film it is, too. It's just like the the categories that Past Lives was most competitive in uh, included these top heavy contenders mm -hmm. that were stronger, and it's contemporary, so it doesn't have a lot of crafts, right? Either so. Uh, for best director, Joyce. I feel great. You should feel great about this. I feel like even though your boy I do feel really great about this. missed because you were hot or you were early adopter to Justine Trier and Jonathan Glazer getting in mm -hmm. and Greta Gerwig missing. And that's what happened. 
Uh, the nominees were uh, Justine Trier, Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Jonathan Glazer. I think we both had four out of five here because we both might have dropped Yorgos for Alexander Payne, who missed. Yeah, which I'm fine with because I I didn't have Yorgos until Poor Things premiered in the mm -hmm. festivals. So that's fine because I had Justine and Jonathan before that. So uh, I think I a lot like of people- duo in there. I think a lot of people online were surprised with this group, but we yeah, were like the, the locals. We yeah. were not because we had expected this uh, since our final predictions and you have expected it since uh, August. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, I, I was very low on Greta and you were yes. very high on Greta. Yes. Um, and this has nothing to do with Barbie or her. I mean, it has a little thing to do with Barbie, but it's not like anything with like her personally, you know? And I just think just, you just have to know the tastes of this branch mm -hmm. and um, what what they like and lean towards. And this category was also very competitive. Like, I do think Greta would have gotten in in another year. Mm -hmm. So, but... I mean, we've just seen over and over again in recent history, it, beyond the, the, the gender aspect of it, is that, like, mm -hmm. these big movies do not get in with the big filmmakers. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Greta obviously Joseph Kaczynski not that he was like a serious threat but he obviously had the DGA nomination that these are not gonna they're gonna take gonna take seriously the blockbuster the arty blockbuster is not gonna make it in here unless it's like even Cameron didn't get in for Avatar Way of Water right so it's like this is a different the branch is different than it was 12 years ago maybe 15 years ago like there's it, it just like I think like Glazer is just a typical like auteur Mm -hmm. type two and then with anatomy of a fall i like i think we talked about this last week but i i think people have also been underestimating it mm -hmm. too and but it just it plays very well across all demos it it was obvious from uh that i keep going back to that indie wire director's favorite movies article and you control f anatomy of fall and it basically turns the whole page yeah, into like every every single person in there whether they're an academy member or not was just like and, love anatomy of a fall and all different types of filmmakers if you look at that it's like not like all they're not already filmmakers there's like indie filmmakers and like people who have made mainstream movies and not even great filmmakers all these different filmmakers listed are all like you know it's a great I movie mean, my, my guy bill Hader, huge stan of and so it felt like very obvious that she would get in uh and then so the Discord yeah and bomb, i think people were doubting her because she's not a huge name right you know but i, th I don't think that matters um no. and i think i literally just slacked this to you it was like anatomy of a fall is kind of like parasite mm -hmm. it, 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 it just it's like it has both highbrow and like middlebrow appeal Definitely. It's highbrow because it's not in English. It's not fully in the English language. So people can I mean, watch it's it and like feel like, <laughs> but people can watch it and feel like I'm watching a foreign film. Look at how great I am. I'm such a cineast. I can watch something with subtitles. And then it's also just a down the middle uh, courtroom drama. So idiots like me can be like, you know, it's a great movie and Anatomy of Fall. So I feel like it's like a great, a great mix of like, yeah, I, like I haven't, I don't know a lot of like normies who've seen, I, I mean, I don't think I know any normie who's seen this film, but the people I know who've seen it are, you know, like in like colleagues and like in, in the, the industry, media, you know? yes, yeah, in the media and no one hates it. Like every, everyone I know who's seen it loves it. So it's also a movie that, like I said, I think normie, normie media people who maybe are not going to watch like uh, all these foreign films like me are going to be like, oh, this is great. So it makes sense that she got in. I guess I'm a little surprised Payne missed because he, I, like we said, 
he over holdovers overperformed at BAFTA, which maybe gave me a false hope that he would be able to get in between him versus Yorgos. But obviously Yorgos made the movie that has like it's like a across the just like a big production, right? I, I guess I guess that probably helps him in the end. Um, I wouldn't even cite the his BAFTA nomination as a reason it's surprising he missed. I would say it's surprising because he's been nominated three times and sure. the branch loves him. So um, yeah, like Poor Things is more autory too. And Yorgos got in last time mm-hmm. without DGA and yeah, he had yeah. DGA this time. I mean, it, this was tough to predict because it was basically like seven people for five spots. Mm-hmm. You and know? I wonder, in a di- like you said, a different year, I think Greta makes it in. I actually think if the num like, I actually think if the nominations were announced in December, she would have made it in. I feel like like people maybe got tired. Of, you know what I mean? Like I just think like the longer it dragged on, the more it gave time people. I mean, to like think like maybe if, if they were announced in August. <laughs> well, definitely August, or even like I mean November. I think I, like I I think later and the later it got, the harder it was for her to get in because you had more people coming out with dissent about the idea of the movie getting in, and more people to resent the fact that it was a success. And I think in the early stages, it's like kind of just like, well, of course she's going to get in. I mean, I had a conversation with people at Telluride, which is August, certainly in September, that they were like, she could win. Like, and like, these are like, not just idiots. Like, you know, like it was like real people who were like, I think. Greta yeah, but win. I think those conversations always happen in the afterglow of a film opening and being really successful. Right. Like you just, you're just, you just feel so confident. And like, like the two weeks afterwards, it's like, oh, they're definitely going to nominate. They're definitely going to win. And it's like, you need to take a step back for a second right. and think about what's coming, what's mm-hmm. been seen and like what kind of momentum it can build or maybe even lose. Like, I, I do think Barbie has lost some, like it's, it may be not be obvious, but I think it has lost some momentum in the last few weeks. Like just it's Globe's performance, you know, like that's not industry, but it, 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 it led nominations with nine and only one, one and a fake award so I, I, I really think i think if it was if these nominations were if the voting was happening earlier in the year early at the end of last year i think it would have been a different story but obviously that's not how it works and here you go this is the list so i know and um you know the discourse already just incredible i mean not as bad as it would have been with an all-male lineup but still incredible but also just very rude to justine because i mean you know obviously she's not a huge name but everyone's just ignoring her and talking yes. about like Greta yes and like I understand being upset she didn't get in um but also I also think the argument that she should just get in because she made a billion dollar grossing movie is weak I think it's weak I think she should get in because she made a great movie and it's actually like really good. yeah like I don't think, I think you think should use better like, than a lot of these movies to no, but... defend why she should no. get in I'm happy Justine Trier got in. I think that's a great movie too. But I would definitely put Greta in over, personally over like Glazer and probably Yorgos and Marty, honestly. But, you know, it is what it is. So uh, I think Op- Nolan is obviously the favorite here to win. I see nothing that would uh, disabuse that notion to me. I think this is like one of the he's locks. He's become more locked every single day. Yes. Uh, best actress choice. Here, uh, I, we, you and I, I think, both had four out of five. And while I discussed uh, when on our predictions episode, I had Margot out and I had Anjanae Ellis in and then I put Margot back in. I did feel like Margot was really vulnerable to miss because of what we had said. And she did miss. And Annette Benning gets in for Nyad. The other four nominees were Lily Gladstone, Emma Stone, Sandra Holler, and Carrie Mulligan, which most people, I think, predicted. And you know what? I had this lineup for like four months. 
because I had Annette in there. And then I put Annette back in for a day last week. And then I took her out. I should have I should have gone with Annette. I feel like in hindsight, it's so obvious as the only actress here over probably. What do you I mean, think, that was 45? my argument all along yeah. before I had even seen Naya. I mean, how old? I, I, literally, I mean, not to like do that. I'm, like, she's the only one over 45. I don't know how old she's Sandra 65, Heller is. But that was like my my whole argument all throughout the fall is that if she doesn't get in, this is a very young skewing lineup potentially because yes. the old, like I, I was always confident Sandra would get in yes. and she's 45, which is not old. No. Okay. And, and, but also if Sandra didn't get in, then it would just be a lineup of 30 somethings, which is very right. young with how this category has gone the last couple of years with women over 40 winning as well. Yes. Like Emma Stone was actually the last like young person to win because she was still in her twenties. Yes. And and I just felt like Annette would appeal to like the old guard demo. And, it, and they could did. be also be like super basic here too. So I mean, yes. And I think that also helps. And in the move, like we said, the movie is literally all about uh old an older person uh, you know, thinking that they're the society views them as trash. And now I'm not actually trash. I could do something. You don't respect me, even though I'm old now. So I think that actually helps for a lot of people as well. Uh, and Nyad did really well. We got that and got Jody in, which we'll talk about later. Um, but like we said, uh, we had Sandra in, I mean, forever. I feel like I'm on Sandra in. I should, I, Margo, I still think. You did think drop her like, at one point because I was aghast when you did that's it. That's true. But that was uh, you because you're just encourageable. Yeah, so. it doesn't. I mean, and then Margo, I think like exactly what we said, why she would miss when I was saying she would miss is that I think she probably was four or five on a lot of ballots and I'm sure she was on more ballots than a lot of these, you know, maybe more ballots than anybody here, but uh, I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Like again, if she, if, if the Oscars used SAG's balloting method, she would be in. Yes. But I like, I, I was always reluctant to predict Margot because of the Academy's balloting. Yeah. Rank... It just like, doesn't seem like a number one getter. It's not a number one. It's yeah. just not. And she's a nominee as a producer, obviously, for Barbie. But then, as we'll talk about, it's kind of funny that the two architects, the lead of Barbie and Greta Gerwig don't get nominated, but the movie and then two other actors get nominated from it. Uh, I just want to say, like, I, I it it it's it looks weird that way, you know, um, that like Barbie is not nominated, um, but Ken and a human is and the director is not nominated. But I think people look at how uh voters vote wrong because i think they they think people vote like by film mm -hmm. and they don't and it's obviously also branch voting and yes like in terms of the acting categories all the actors are voting in the acting categories but it's a different category and there's different competition in each category like we've always said actress was a tough category this year and just like director also tough this year margot probably would have got in like two years ago <laughs> You know, and I think like you said, if it was a different voting system. I definitely think Margaret would have gotten in. Yeah, like if it was, was just appearances on ballots, yeah. like SAG, she would yeah. be in. And, and I think Greta might have gotten in if it was just that. I, I just think that like these are going to be four or five. Like I, I don't, Margot especially, I think was just going to be five on a lot of these ballots. She was even five on my, my ballot, like just putting them in. Yeah, like I think her performance is underrated, but great. it's... Yeah, like I, I just don't think it inspires a lot of passion for you to right. put her at one or even two. And and so I, I remember I feel like that's a term I say all the time, but it really does matter. The passion is what really matters here because you're because you need the number one. You need the number ones, and you need people to be enthusiastic about voting for you. 
And that's kind of what happened in Best Actor, which we go to now, where Leo missed. And I just felt like since June, I felt like there's not going to be a lot of passion for that performance. And as it turns out, maybe there wasn't. But the Best Actor nominees, we both got this one all the way right, Joyce. And I feel like a lot of people maybe did too, because Leo it's seemingly the dropped sad five. His seat, Leo dropped out of the top five uh, before the nominations were announced in our odds. Uh, it's the SAG five, Killian, Paul, Giamatti, Bradley Cooper, Jeffrey Wright, and Coleman Domingo. So Coleman, a lone nominee, no song, just in there by himself. A host yeah, unto himself. The, the, the Netflix biopics really came through in acting. Good job out of Netflix. Uh, and there you go. I mean, like Coleman was everywhere. I just think that's a vote for Coleman. I don't think it's even a vote necessarily. For, it's a vote for the performance, obviously, but I think it's also a vote for him personally in this case. I think it's, it's um him being in a more uh like palatable playing a more palatable character to get behind than leo and yes definitely um and and then like we've said like you know leo doesn't campaign a lot anyway and he's campaigned the most this year but not for himself it it was all for lily right and you know yeah, I just think like your root. The other thing is like, unless it's like a fun villain that you love to hate, like a uh, Anton Chigurh or something like that, or you know uh, Hannibal Lecter, you want to root for the character. And I'm just like, no one's watching Flower Moon and like, man, I f- love Leo. I can't wait to root for him. It's just it's like a, a miserable. He's a miserable uh, character, and like, you're not rooting for that, even if it's a good performance. He's great at playing it, but it's just like, no, you're not going to generate enthusiasm. It's also, I think it's it's also the length of it too. Like we know the movie is long and you do just spend so much time with him from the second hour on, like after they get married, because that's when the murdering starts. And, you know, when you have a blank slate character like that, who's just like basically like getting a a cipher almost, right? Or he's just getting pushed around. It's like by the end of the, like we've talked about this, the last hour, my God, how many times does uh, Ernest switch sides? It's just endless, right? It's like he must switch sides three, four times between what he wants to do and just watch, you know, in real life. Yeah, it's just like, it's very spineless. And then like, again, like that, that was a point after the arrest. It's like, they could have actually switched back to Molly. And, you know, when she was rescued and, and recuperated. Obviously the point of the movie is like how we as a society are like that right and like also like no one has a backbone and it's very easy to be swayed to different sides and i think that's the whole point but it's uh, watching it i could live that in real life but watching it is like a little different story and i think that's what hurt leo in the end and like you said he didn't really campaign for himself and he missed everywhere and i think a lot of people were like he's gonna miss everywhere and make it in and that i mean he didn't miss everywhere he got globes and critics choice yeah but industry-wise he missed everywhere come on like yeah he missed bafta bafta have yeah. to read i mean the yeah. only one that really mattered was sag because like bafta is still like asterisk sure, after- sure i mean that just showed that he wasn't top three but yeah. i think his snub even though a lot of us saw it coming because of sag and half bafta like i think it also speaks to you know similar to barbie losing momentum killers losing momentum in the past couple weeks as well I, I, killers definitely it had it had one nomination i was surprised by but i definitely think it under I would say underperformed, even though it got ten nominations. It got ten nominations um, because it's carried by crafts, like it's craft heavy. So, but it missed. There, I mean, it's a really, and, and then know. it missed. It missed actor, and then it missed um, screenplay. Yes. So I agree with you. It, I think that's another one that was like if earlier in the year that would have if this was again if the Oscar nominations were announced in December, I think he would have maybe gotten in, and I think Flower and Moon also would have done if, even if, better. 
the Oscars didn't move Barbie into adapted. It, it could have gotten in. that. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I think this is, I, I don't, it's like, again, it's like a film that I think people just respect than love. Yeah. And I think they respect. I mean, we've always said that. And I think it's bearing out now. And all these other guys, I mean, like first time nominee for Coleman, first time uh, best actor nominee, first time nominee for Jeffrey Wright and, and Paul Giamatti in there as well. This is a fun category. Killian, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like enthusiasm, a lot of support for these people, right? Like enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense that this would be the SAG carryover because they've, they've matched a couple times in the past two, three years. So that's why I stuck with Coleman here. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell everyone um, about the money you made this morning? Uh, David Ehrlich paid up. Uh, we were texting during the nominations. I could read some of the texts. Uh, hang on, let me find them. I'm scrolling up. It was first at 8.34 that De Niro nomination has me cautiously optimistic. And then I'm a kind I guy. Know, so he I'm was like, always getting in. <laughs> and I go, I think you're good, LOL. We'll see. You know, I don't want to like rub it in and be like, you're fucking done. I'm sorry. And then uh, I wrote, I had Flower Moon missing screenplay. That's bad for Leo. And then he wrote, maybe the actors have better taste than the writers. Then he was like editing though. And I was like, end song. Here you go. Looking good. And then when he got snubbed, just a no with a lot of O's. And then the immediate Venmo. So there you go. Thank you, David, for paying up. I said wow. this at Telluride. It was a party at Telluride for... Uh, perfect days i believe and hmm. whatever and uh we were standing there and uh maybe it was just a neon it must have been a neon party overall because i think anatomy of fall was there too and jonathan glazer and so we were standing there and i was talking with him and david canfield who writes for vanity fair and i was like i think leo's missing because i was like coleman's in and uh paul and killian and probably jeffrey wright based on how american fiction had performed at uh, toronto and i was like let's go and what did he say he was like, "You're crazy." Leo's one of the greatest. It's one of the great performances of all time. That was his take. And maybe, um, what was. are you going to spend this money on? Don't spend it all in one place. I I like saving my money and just say, "Oh, you're going to invest it." No, I'm just going to keep it in my Venmo slush fund and pay off my daughter's piano lessons probably with that money. So, um, I mean, I do think like what you were saying before, like had these nominations happened, you know, like three months ago, like Leo would have gone in. Definitely. Yeah. I mean. I had him back in at some point. And then I remember, remember I took him out because Scott Feinberg had him missing. And I was like, I'm not going, I'm not going to not predict him to not, I'm not going to be, I was the one who started this. I can't not have him in. Uh, anyway. You, the problem with you hastily changing your predictions every 90 minutes. Yes. Is that it makes your stance, it, it just dilutes your, your initial stance. Like if you just kept Leo out, this entire like time or for more yeah. than a week yeah because remember you had him out for two weeks in october too yes <laughs> and then i got it next year i'm gonna just do this i'm not gonna i'm just gonna not make changes yeah like even day. though i didn't have a net ultimately at least i had her for four months right uh best supporting actress choice we we said this was a two out of five i called it a two out of five category and lo and behold that's what i got two out of five but the nominees were uh Nominees are Emily Blunt. Danielle Brooks makes it in as a lone nominee for Color Purple. Congratulations. We both did not have her in. Uh, America Ferreira gets in for Barbie. Jodie Foster and Devon Joy Randolph for a holdover. So I got 
two out of five because I had Sandra Huller as a double nom, Penelope Cruz from SAG, and Rosamund Pike from Saltburn. And there you go. Um, I got three out of five because I did have Jody. You hung with Jody. I just was like, I'm taking Jody and Julianne out. I think people were surprised maybe Julianne missed, but that writing has been on no, the wall for weeks. No, I, I don't. I'm not surprised by that. I, I mean, I wanted to take her out last night, but I was like, I don't know who to put in there because I, I also thought about America because I was like, I should just go with a BP coattail, which would be her or Sandra. But yep. then, like I've said, I, I just don't feel like, even though I felt like Zone was surging, I never felt like Sandra's performance was the type that the voters would go for it's so remote and just awful i'm not awful performance but the characters like so i mean like hateable right i mean she's just they're just i mean we're following around nazis so it's not a great not a lot of uh not a lot of sympathy from anybody in the film for anybody in the film but uh yeah that is a, just a tough one i just thought she would get in based on like the movie's strength and international support america getting in rules i like her in the movie and i think i was watching you know what i was watching the other day Joyce dumb money Dare I say she's maybe better in Dumb Money than Barbie? But great year for America Ferreira. I mean, there were a lot of very, very, very early predictions for her to get in for Dumb Money and not Barbie. I don't, I, it makes no so. sense that she would. Uh, but yeah, Coattail nominee, missed at SAG, which we both were like, that's it, good night, the lights. And uh, that was wrong. Uh, I mean, like, it, it, it's still wild that she missed SAG because she should have made SAG with like, just. Ha- how populist and mainstream they are and also their voting system how did she and miss here, like i i don't know like it's it's i mean i think it's just like the nomcom because it's not the full sag body mm-hmm. voting for the nominations it's a nomcom um which is like 2500 people so i guess it's just like that nomcom wasn't into it like maybe a different nomcom it's like it's like the after jury you know except the jury yeah. is like seven to twelve people nomcom is obviously bigger so um yeah like that was still like crazy that she missed there because i think almost all of us would say she had a better chance of getting at sag than the oscars um but i think you know here like i said like she's the the bp coattail and like we've said dave vine was gonna monopolize so many number ones and then emily was safe so then it was just like the wild west for the other three slots and like, you know, like we're saying, Barbie definitely ends up with like more nominations than maybe you would have expected less than it probably should have gotten if, if, if you were doing this earlier. But like she does have like the it, it matters, I think, that she has like the key moment in the movie. And certainly that probably for people who like Barbie were easily to put the, put her in maybe third place, like behind. Like, I think Divine and Emily were just top two automatically. And then, like you said, like it's Wild West after that. Enough people like Barbie and like America, maybe she's third on a lot of ballots and she just gets in. Yeah. And she we know she was campaigning a ton. And she's very well liked and working. Like with Jane everybody. Fonda loved the monologue. Yeah. JLo yeah. did a screening, you know? Um yeah. and then like Jody, I just never dropped. <laughs> Jody was is a great so. performance, a co-lead in the movie, like we said. She's got the most screen time of any of these other performers, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh just a great likable uh performance and yes she gets in i love to see it love seeing jody and great time to be jody foster joyce like the best time to be jody foster and then danielle yeah the color purple so nomination so we Good talked about it. this like it, it can call itself an oscar nominated yeah. film and you talked about this how difficult like it's like actually i mean a lot of people predicted her to get in and so like i think normal if you're normal normie or, or or a local you're like oh uh 
of course she got in like not surprised i was surprised that she got in because i really i I really just surprised she got in because like you said it's so it's like it's a remarkable achievement for her to get into this category as a lone nominee without having been like a previous Oscar winner or Oscar nominee or anything, right? It's like, this is like rarely going to happen. So it's like an even bigger achievement, I think, that she got. And, and, then, and then we the also knew, like, we we knew Color Purple was not making any other category too. Correct. Like, it wasn't even a question of, oh, like, it's like really competitive in costume design or production design. Like, no. it's the guild's blanket. And... So, I mean, I'm sure some people were still predicting that in, in those categories. And maybe I, even I think it was predicted too. to have like five nominations according to our odds, but that felt so I mean, wrong. that's probably from like November and no one <laughs> yes. updated. So, yes. but, but yeah, like it was, it was precarious to do so. But, but again, I think just because of how this race turned out um, and like it was in a way easy for her, easier for her to be a sole nominee as someone with, without a, you know previous oscar pedigree or being yeah. a household name yes too and also like the performance is is a musical performance is the most different and we said after we saw the color purple way back in november like she could win this and i do think in an alternate universe she would be winning it's just an obvious like it's like exact it's so much it's so comparable to ariana debose and like just she yeah. explodes the movie completely owns the movie and then when she leaves the movie you're like why is it why why is she not in the movie and then she comes back and is even better and it's just like man she's great and then she leaves again you're like i wish she was still in this movie and it's like that's obviously helps the performance yeah and then like the the movie just did not land at all so that that was a huge demerit for her but but because this race was just so splintered like she was able to hang on so uh, and like we had said, this is Devon Joy Randolph just steamrolling to an Oscar. Yeah, like we're we're not going to talk about this category again. So, I mean, we <laughs> will, but we're not going to have really much to say about it, I guess. Uh, this is like today, this is why I don't like phase two, because today, like Nam's Day is the last exciting day of yeah. the season. I don't really yeah. care about the winners. Like, We'll see. You know. Uh, for original screenplay, Joyce, you end up going five for five. You put Maestro back in. Yeah. These are the nominees. A pretty ex- expected four, and then I had uh, Saltburn in there for five, but no. The nominees were in Amio Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. That was the top five in our odds. Everyone had Maestro in. Uh, I think in a stronger year, it would have never gotten in, but it's clear that like this are not really well, a lot they got of in because Barbie was moved. Barbie was moved, so we end up getting in. The other options are like Saltburn and Air, and neither one of those were really competitive, as it turns out. Yeah, like I put Maestro in last week um, because I was just like they the industry does like the film more than normies and yes. like half of film Twitter. Yes, and I just don't like I I just didn't see the Oscars going for Saltburn in any way, and they didn't. No. So I I dropped Saltburn for Maestro. I mean, so Bradley Cooper got another nomination uh so he gets three nominations today yeah so now um, uh now a 12 time nominee how many of them is he gonna win i mean i don't think any but i, I guess there's still a world where he could come back an actor like phase two you never know right i mean it's like now he's in you know they weather weathered the discourse storm and maybe it, it turns him into an underdog and he you know could win elsewhere i don't know you know we'll see maybe he does win uh sag who knows um, and then, yeah, and then, like, May, December, 
is the lone screenplay nominee that we have every year now. So, And that felt pretty locked in too. And maybe in a stronger year that would have missed based on how the rest of the, like the Academy just didn't see, seem to love this movie as much as film Twitter did, obviously. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, it didn't get any of the, did you, we didn't do supporting actor. I got to go back to supporting actor. Yeah. I know. I was like, wait, why are we doing screenplay? We didn't yeah, yeah, do it's true. Um, yeah, like some people are still hanging on to Charles Melton and supporting actor, if not also Julianne Moore. So, so supporting actor was Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, De Niro, Downey, Gosling, and Ruffalo. So four to five on Zag, with Ruffalo swapping in for Defoe. Yeah, and I was so close to putting in Sterling last night too, um, but I didn't. And then because I didn't want to have two five for five sag lineups so what i should have done was drop willem for mark so it just been four out of five which would have been fine yeah i got three out of five here because i had defoe and dominic sessa uh because i thought yeah i wasn't feeling dominic anymore because he just like i it was it's like clear to me that he was a jury pick at bafta yeah and then i i kind of felt like maybe some people would also vote for him in lead in actor two Mm -hmm. like if they were not feeling any other lead contender there just to fill out their ballot and i not that i thought he wouldn't make it into lead actor but maybe that would have you know split some of his vote in supporting too if people were just because he is a co-lead in the movie certainly he would have been like jodie foster basically in naiad yeah so then and then i was like i should like do sterling because i did feel like like i said before like american fiction would play better to americans (laughs) than I, I think people were also like overreading its like floppage at BAFTA, but again, that was expected. It did get into yeah. play. Yeah, I didn't I didn't but... I didn't feel like it flopped at BAFTA any No, at like that was that performance was yeah. expected. It was And I was I'm so glad Sterling got in. Uh he was so great in the movie and he has like not only the funniest part, but I think he's factor in like the most emotional moment the scene the most emotional scene yeah. in the movie. I think again, going back to what I was saying before about the film being underseen by a lot of audiences is like i i think people don't know how much of a scene stealer he is in the movie he's i mean he's absolutely hilarious and then and we've talked about this before with with the trailer and how they're promoting it like it's really a family drama Mm -hmm. so you wouldn't necessarily get that from from this no because the trailer is all about the satire and the book and but uh he absolutely kills in the movie and then he has a great emotional scene at the end of the movie basically doing the same he's got like the america Ferrera scene in american fiction where he basically spells out the theme of the movie and like a great little monologue with jeffrey yeah like he gets to help the protagonist um improve himself basically yes yes and uh, it's really great performance i was so glad he got in uh and ruffalo getting in over defoe like we had said, I mean, Defoe felt like if he's going to get in for At Eternity's Gate, he should easily get in for this. But I do think, like, the maybe the more, I think the Ruffalo performance would speak more to, like, American members of the Academy. You know what I mean? Like, it is more broadly comic and, like, a little more obvious than the Defoe performance. And so that probably helps. Um, I think this is also, I should have just kept both Poor Things guys and just go four for five. We should have done that. Which is what I had for so long. We should have done that. So I should have just done that. Should, so um, dumb. but then i was also concerned i was like what if they both miss because it felt like they could both know, we miss. were saying like how we it seemed like the two of them were because neither one of them was a front runner to win but the duo had also not been consolidated as That's right. 
a unit that you would nominate at every award show, like, you know, Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone for The Favorite, or like Anna Kendrick and Vera Farmiga for Up in the Air. Like, they were not winning, but they kept showing up everywhere together. Right. And Willem and Mark were not doing that. So that's why it was scary. I got to say, when they were doing the nominations, because Defoe, uh, Ruffalo was last, and so Defoe missed, and I was like, hell yeah. Okay, so I got that wrong, but I'm like, I think Sessa could still get in because he was the last, he would have well, been the last name. Yeah, well, I, well, when, because like Sterling was the first name. So I was yes. like, that is bad news for Dominic because I knew the last one would either be Mark or Dominic and Mark had a better chance of getting in than Dominic. Sure, but I was like, oh man, you can still end up, that's it, still get him in. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, nothing else really to say there, so. Sterling getting in, like I said earlier, I think is a real boon for American fiction's overall chances. And Mark getting in is great because I love Mark Ruffalo in the movie. And everybody else, the other three were pretty obvious, right? Downey, Gosling, and De Niro. And I think yeah, those, Downey, those were locked. Um, and Downey feels more and more like a, a sweeper to me. Another, the Both supporting categories. And then yeah. um, I, I do love that, <clears throat> you know, Robert De Niro turned out to be the only killer's actor to make it in everywhere. Uh. I think what I was saying before about like the perform, like we, when we saw the movie, I think we saw this in June. So after Cannes and we both walked out, it was like De Niro rules. I mean, he was just, it's like a, such a wonderful villain performance. He's so engaging and like, it's the best he's been probably. I, I, I really like him in Irishman and I went back and rewatched Irishman and I'm like, he's so good, but this is the De Niro performance where it's like, he's so the charm is amped up so much in Irishman. He's really not, he's like a kind of a, a cipher in that or like a it's very muted. And this, he's just like having the time of his life. It's very much like, you know, not like Max Cady and Kate Fear, but it's more like Jimmy Conway or any of these other great Scorsese roles that he's had. And he's just having so much fun playing such a terrible person. I just think that's what really put him over the top. Yeah, it's a great performance. And I, I never thought that he could actually win, even though he should be win competitive. But yeah. I was I always felt good about him getting in. Um and and yeah, I, I do think like the the villain aspect of it is like he is a villain and that's fine because like, you know, his stance, right? Like, whereas Ernest is spineless, like Willem Hill has a spine, it's evil, but mm -hmm. you, you know what his intentions are. And then he gets to manipulate his nephew mm -hmm. and he's the puppet master, it's, you know? It's it's a great, great performance, and uh, I'm so glad he got in. Uh, I thought I did think he could miss earlier in the year. You did. You, I just you, was you like, dropped in at some point. I did because sure. I was just like, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of. It didn't seem like there was a lot because the conversation was so much about Lily and just the movie. I was like, I wonder if there's gonna be a lot of passion for him, and it turns out that actually there was. So people are watching the movies, which makes me happy. I think the if you watch the movie, you would put him in, right? You know that kind of thing. Uh, we did an original screenplay because I, I screwed up on the on the order here because I was looking at the wrong page. So bad job out of me. Uh, adapted screenplay, Joyce. Uh, the nominees. I got five for five here because I said Flower Moon would miss. And lo and behold, it missed. As American Fiction, Barbie, uh, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Uh, yeah. So this was, like, when Killers missed here, I was like, Leo's out. I thought that too. I, I was a little, I got a little nervous when it made it in for song, which we'll get to. Uh, but when it missed here, I was like, this is, this was like reading. Like it's TV, different branches, but it was yeah. like. It's just the momentum of the movie. Like, same thing yeah. with Barbie, like you're saying, even though Barbie gets in here and probably knocked out Flower Moon, maybe in the end, you could argue. Um, 
it's just the momentum of the movie had slowed down and all the prop all the not problems but a lot of the things about the movie that people were pushing back against are all at the screenplay level i feel like with flower moon <laughs> and so like they and they famously talked about how they like rejiggered the entire screenplay and i just think like if you watch the movie and you're like ah uh, you know i i don't know about certain things like that's the thing you're going to end up criticizing is the way it was structured in the script because like all the crafts are unimpeachable and obviously marty's an incredible director and like all these things are right but it's like on the script level maybe it just didn't work as well as they had hoped so i'm not surprised it missed zone of interest felt like a real passion pick and barbie makes it in here because it was moved here instead of original yeah and it it is also an original story that mm -hmm. greta and noah came up with right right so mm -hmm. i think you, they do get you know, credit in that respect too. And yeah, it was like, I mean, I remember because the Globes only had one screenplay category, not predicting killers. Yeah, we had, it, know, I had, it was I had like it that too. Yeah. I mean, like, it just felt like a week. It felt like everyone, it reminded me of a type where it's just like, everyone's got it in and nobody's really given thought to why they have it in. And then it just stays in. Because it's like, it's going to get into best picture director right. and like all this other, and it's like Marty co-wrote it, right? Yeah. I think people were kind of treating it like the Fablemans, you know? Yes. Um, and Like, you know, Stephen co-wrote that with Tony Kushner. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I don't, I also don't think the Fablemans has incurred as, as many criticisms about its screenplay as Killers has. No. So, uh, this is one of my, I'm really excited to see this category. Actually, you know, we were just saying like, you don't care necessarily about the winners, but I am psyched about this one because like, I can make a case for all five of these winning, honestly. And I'll be very curious to see what ends up winning. I think American Fiction has a real strong shot, but I could also see Tony McNamara for whole, uh, Poor Things winning. And I could also see Greta and Noah winning very easily. So I'm actually not sure what will win here. Um, I, this is for sure American fiction's best category or best chance to win. And I think we've always known that, but now yes. with five nominations, like for sure. Um, I think it's probably between that and Oppenheimer, <laughs> honestly. Like if Oppenheimer just steamrolls, yeah. Like it could just get screenplay with it. So yeah. Uh, we did original, like you said, those nominees were Anatomy of Paul Holdovers, Past Lives, May, December, Maestro. For cinematography, Joyce, uh, you nailed this five for five because you went with the the uh, Cinematographer Guild uh, nominees. So El Conde makes it in. Uh, and the other nominees were Oppenheimer, Flower Moon, Poor Things, and Maestro, which most people probably had. I had Zone of Interest in fifth. Uh, great list of nominees here. I'm assuming Oppenheimer will win, but who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I talked about this last week. I did the ASC five because El Conde is in black and white. <laughs> and I said, I thought there's already enough black and white that maybe it'll go with zone of interest and a past. Yeah, this thing is whole black and white. And then, you know, like Luca Jal, he, his previous nominations were for, for black, black and white films. Right. And then if I did zone, which I had in there until ASC, it like, they would have all been best picture nominees and they haven't aligned like that in a long time. Yep. So, yeah. uh, Best costume design choice. I got five for five here. I, it was Barbie, Poor Things, Flower Moon, Napoleon, and Oppenheimer. Love the hat. Um, Happy Janty Yates finally got back in. She won for Gladiator and hasn't been nominated since. Mm -hmm. And she's really Scott's go-to designer. I talked to her and Dave, so. There you go. I, uh, I, they I, made 4,000 costumes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, and also happened for Ellen Marochnik, her first nomination, and she's done so many iconic films like Wall Street, 
um fatal attraction um i think oppenheimer was maybe a surprise for some people because it's not like what you would expect and uh like these are all big costume dramas basically and then oppenheimer but it's like great costumes great hat it's i I mean the the uniform of robert oppenheimer i think is important but uh, yeah i do think uh people on the surface dismiss it because it just seems like it suits but I think it's it was also helped by being the best picture frontrunner. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like a coattail nomination, basically. Yep. Uh, best editing. Uh, the nominees were Anatomy of the Fall, The Holdovers, Killers of, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I think I got four out of five here, Joyce, because I had Barbie in instead of The Holdovers. But obviously, The Holdovers is a strong, uh, a strong uh, uh, showing here. I put Holdovers in yesterday in place of Barbie. So I, I got this. I got to say... And we actually have a question about this later about holdovers. I just don't understand. Like, I can't really, I don't really understand this one because I think I could easily see an American fiction getting in here if it was going to be a twist or Barbie. I just think the holdovers one, I don't understand because I don't, uh, it just, it seems like. You find it, you find I find it what? Long. A little, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's long too, but I most, I, I changed it because I just felt like holdovers is the stronger film. Yeah. Than... And so, and, and like, there's nothing like innately wrong with the editing. It's just, I think like the the length of the movie is like maybe like 20, 30 minutes too long. Yeah, and you maybe know? that's more of a screenplay thing than an editing thing. So, yeah, like I do think like once the story gets going, um, I think it's fun to follow. And then and then yeah, I think um I was just favoring the stronger best picture nominee here over Barbie, even though I I think Barbie has very like sprightly editing. I, I think the Barbie should have been I mean the, the scene where uh the montage scene where um Ken with Ryan Gosling is going around like it, when he hits the real world and he's doing like uh talking about patriarchy with like, all the people. The editing in that is honestly, truly never not makes me hysterical laugh. And him being like, click, can I get a clicky pen and all that shit? I was like, this should just get in for that sequence alone. I think it's so perfect. Uh, and it's under, comedy is always underrated. Uh, and that is a perfectly edited comic sequence. So I feel yeah, like- Yeah, they had like, Barbie has a lot of great montages. Um, yeah. I, I mean, this was tough too, um, because I, I also feel it was Anatomy of Fall even in the top five. Because I it feel like people that was underpredicted. We so. both had it in for a while. I feel like, and it was definitely underpredicted. I think just because again, maybe people didn't think. That, I don't know why, but it was seemed like obvious that it would get in based on again the time. I think like if you've is. seen the movie, like you will, yeah. you would predict it. Yeah. So um, makeup and hairstyling. Uh, the nominees were Maestro, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Golda, and the Society of the Snow. Yeah, I got that. I got four out of five because I had Flower Moon in Golda. there. Oh yeah, you put you put that back in. Uh and it's interesting that it missed because like that was it's funny because like I talked to uh Pablo Hellman for the VFX and he a lot of the makeup stuff that you think is makeup is actually visual effects, but it missed VFX and it got in on the makeup shortlist. And I was like, oh, maybe they actually don't realize that and they'll just get in <laughs> for makeup uh on the back of the visual effects work as well, because a lot of like the illness they had to do because of the temperatures and the heat. And the continuity, like a lot of the stuff when you're watching the movie and you see Molly like looking ill, that's done via visual effects uh, in part. And I was like, that's awesome. It should have gotten in for visual effects, frankly. But 
Uh, I was like, well, I got in for makeup. Maybe they'll put it in for makeup. And I was wrong. So there you go. Society is no great makeup. Beautiful makeup. I honestly never thought about this category again after shortlists. Like yeah. I just, I put Golda in there. I'm like done. <laughs> um, For production design, the nominees were uh, Barbie, Poor Things, Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Napoleon. I got four out of five here. I had Saltburn in because I was bullish. Of course you did. Um, uh, I had really Zone instead these. of Napoleon. You had which so one? I had Zone instead of Napoleon. Right. This was, of course, they did this to me because I I didn't want um, this and costume to match five for five because I had Napoleon in costume. So I was mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know if I should have Napoleon yes. in production design. And then yes. I ended up with Zone in production design. Uh, so. I still think Barbie could win this, but I guess we'll see. I mean, I think Barbie can still win again. The the Black, Black Panther. Panther deal. Yeah. So, um, for production line, that was a score. Uh, the nominees were Oppenheimer, Flower Moon, Poor Things, Indiana Jones, and American Fiction. Joyce, love the American Fiction nomination. I was also thinking about that last night, and I didn't do it. But you know what I did. Even though I've been championing it this whole time, I dropped indie. Oh my god! I only put it in because of you, and I kept it in. I felt so vindicated by riding your coattails. I I know because I I I I should have just dropped Zone instead because I was thinking about dropping Zone because there's just not a lot of music. Yeah. In the film, even though, like when it plays, it's so effective. Yeah, but there's really I should have no just dropped it. I should have yeah. just dropped that instead of indie. Right uh but yeah like uh american fiction that 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 is a lot of music the opposite of zone. it's a lot of music it's great music i love it so much i've seen that movie now four times so. of course you do. uh and it's great uh it's a great score uh i knew i just felt in my bones that our uh spider-verse would miss but i couldn't not predict it and i feel like that's a unfortunate miss here um and barbie i think would have been a great nominee as well but yeah, otherwise the other Oppenheimer, Flower Moon, and Poor Things felt like pretty set from the jump. So there you go. Yeah, and then this will probably just be another one for Ludwig. Yeah, uh, for best song uh, nominees were Barbie. What was I made for? Barbie, I'm just Ken. American Symphony, at Never One Hundred Eight. Flame and Hot, The Fire Inside, and then uh, Waza Hazy, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. An upset. Um, that is a, a total everything everywhere so when that happened i was like oh shit leo's getting in they really love it uh i think that just speaks to the fact that the four top four here was incredibly set the fact that dance the night away can't get in because they can't have three barbie songs and then it's just this like pick from the rest and there's not a lot of there was not a lot of passion for the glenny kravitz rustin song uh wish flopped and so you're left with like peaches isn't there and you're it's, left it's with the like, best picture adjacent film kind of like it's like there really isn't a lot left past live song missed right was there not a past there did that make the short list or no i forget um but there um, wasn't just a lot of options in this in this score past lives right in right? this one of them it just i mean like, like, i don't think that was getting in anyway no so. but i'm just saying like there wasn't really a lot of options and like you said like if you're just looking from these it, it's a very top heavy year and you're just looking at these other movies i think obviously if barbie could have gotten three songs here would have gotten three songs so yeah um, i i do love the sustained applause for diane warren and i know they uh, prematurely put up i'm just ken during the applause so half of that was for i'm just ken before jock quaid said it yes 
but I like to imagine it was all for Diane Warren. Why not? Uh, great. You know when um, Janet Yang in the beginning was like, you know, actors vote for actors, editors vote for editors, and it was like, and musicians vote for Diane Warren. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for best sound, Joyce, uh, I, I kind of, I guess I took a little bit of a bath here. I only got three out of five, but the nominees were Oppenheimer, Maestro, and The Zone of Interest, and then The Creator and My Beloved Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One as an Oscar nominee, but no Part One in Paramount Plus because they just decided they're not going to do it. New title. New title. Yeah. It's like Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, but the creator of Mission Impossible making it in over uh, a lot of other potential movies, including I had Barbie and the Killer here. I uh, went with Ren, but no. I had Barbie and Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like I, I had dropped Killers already. We talked about this last week. Yeah. So, but yeah, creator and Mission Impossible getting in, that's cool nominations. Really cool. Creator, a two-time Oscar nominee for a movie that and was also really- also Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> It was really kind of flopped and like not really treated maybe as well as it could have been in a different time. I think if it was two sound categories, Barbie would have gotten in for mixing, um, but it, there's not. And so it's tough. It seems like maybe it's tougher now for musicals to get in here, Joyce. Do you think that that's a trend we're going to end up seeing? I mean, Barbie is not a musical, but it kind of no, is. No, because it's not a musical. So. It kind of is, though. It kind of is. It's, there's like, so many musicals. Story got in. That's true. But there's more musical, there's arguably more, I would say maybe there's- No, more. because like Barbie is like, is more like Elvis and Elvis got in here last sure. year. Sure. Uh, so yeah. do you think your your fave, uh, Tom Cruise can go back to back in this category, his films? No. So I think Mission Impossible got in for best sound and best visual effects, which we'll talk about here based on the finale, which is on the train car and the sound in the, the last sequence is unreal. Uh, so it could actually win, but I think Oppenheimer will win, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's, I think it's maybe win competitive, but I don't know. Um, visual effects, the nominees are, are Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, volume three, the creator, Mission Impossible, Napoleon, and Godzilla minus one, Joyce. I felt like such a dick because I had it. it in. And it made it in. I, I I forsaked my Godzilla pick, and it made it in. But that's a great. Yeah, I, mean, I got rid of the two. They they've just never gone Godzilla, but great nomination. This was another one that could have gone in a number of ways. Yeah. So I do like this lineup though, because it's not linked to you know the the top contenders. You know, best picture at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, poor things so, missed and Spider Verse missed. Those are the I had them in, but. Yeah, like I do think if four things had gone in here, I would predict it to win. So what do you think is going to win? I actually think Godzilla will win because I think it's like- I think it can, yeah. I think sure. it can for sure because I think it's a little bit of a novelty pick and also like I think of these nominees, it would have the most passion behind it. Yeah, like I think any of these could actually win. So this is a fun category, the way it shook out. Uh, and I guess they never like Godzilla before, but they've never had like, an, like a true Godzilla movie versus like the legendary Godzilla movies, right? And so maybe that's the difference. Um, but it was a great nomination. That was actually one of, that and like Laura Cartman are like two of my favorites of the whole day. That's like not a lot of surprises, but those are great. Um, for animated feature, Joyce, the nominees were Spider-Verse, Boy and the Heron, Nimona, uh, Elemental, and then I'm, I'm, I'm closing it out. What was Robot Dreams. One? And then Robot Dreams, which is a somewhat of a surprise, I would say. Which I also had for like three months and I took it out for Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I Again, if I just kept my predictions from like November, I would have done better. <laughs> um, the other four were pretty expected. Even Elemental with a poor showing from uh, Disney Animation this year felt like it was going to get in just based on obvious. Yeah. And I think Robot Dreams was just 
um animators coming through for that mm-hmm. you know oh god i wish i had a job i had that at 100 to 1 because no one was predicting it back then tough b choice um for international i guess the only nothing really else to say about anime feature but i know a lot of people were disappointed that none of these movies got additional nominations so spider-verse missed its visual effects and score both of which i think it was competitive in and the boy in the harem missed score but i think the score category like we've talked about a lot was just incredibly overloaded this year with really strong contenders yeah and i know people were also hope dicting boy <laughs> in original screenplay with the open slot and i was like that would be inspired but i don't think so they'll just do maestro do you think it's did. competitive to win over spider-verse i considering they just gave it to toy story 4 i'm gonna say no yeah so sadly um for documentary feature joyce this one's hilarious. I We talked about this and I was like, man, I think uh, American Symphony might miss and I kept it in and then it missed. Uh, that had to be one of the most shocking snubs of the day based on the odds because I think most people had it in first place and win competitive. But it was missed. was American, were, were American Symphony and still like top two? I don't know. I think still was fifth. I think most people were probably hot to the idea that still would miss, but American Symphony felt like it maybe would have enough. But we talked about this in our predictions and I was like, I actually think they don't really go for the saccharine movies usually. And so it would miss. The nominees they were They just Bobby. rejected the, the celeb yeah. biodocs completely. The celeb biodocs and anything that's like emotional and also involved, like overtly emotional, I think is always like a tough beat. Um, but the nominees are, are uh, Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, and 20 Days in Mirapool. Uh... Yeah, To Kill a Tiger was like the, a surprise. the big surprise. Yes. So. Uh, I didn't have that. I had Beyond Utopia and American Symphony, obviously. I think most people had American Symphony, like we're saying, but there you go. Yeah, and like we talked about Bobby Wine too, but I didn't I put it in ultimately. So, uh, An international film. This was hilarious. We talked about this potentially happening, and it did. And I wonder if France feels pretty stupid right now as the whole country. Uh, but the nominees are... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Io Capitano for, from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow from Spain, The Teacher's Lounge from Germany, and The Zone of Interest from the United Kingdom, The Taste of Things, which famously was shortlisted instead of Anatomy of Fall, which easily would have gotten in here and probably would have won, uh, does not make it in. So sorry to forget. I mean, I didn't predict it, so I feel fine. I had it in fourth, but I had the other four. I had Teacher's Lounge and Perfect Days. I think a lot of people were expecting Fallen Leaves, and like I said, I just didn't have a strong vibe for that one. Oh, I had, like I said, I had Americazzi instead of, because I couldn't decide between Fallen Leaves and Perfect Days. So it's like, yeah. I'll do a wild card. Right. But yeah, I didn't expect Taste of Things really to get in here. um, Because I don't really know how much uh, passion there is for it, just from viewers. There's you know? a lot and of And I do feel around. like there's there's probably some there's also probably some anti-voting going on of people being mad that they can't vote for anatomy in here. So they're like, I'm not voting for fucking France at all. There was a, a strong amount of passion among uh, film Twitter uh, media types who were invited to fancy dinners for a case of things. Yeah. Um, I mean, like that that's, you know, also like normal campaigning and promo, but I, I just don't think it like people love that movie as much yeah. as they do anatomy of a fall you know yep uh so this feels like zones to lose uh like we widely expected and i think that will probably uh yeah congratulations um to the uk uh for not ben- jonathan glazer because it goes to the uk right they should change that yeah i think that's stupid 
uh, for best animated short choice. I got two out of five here, but I feel vindicated in that we were both like that uh, Disney propaganda film would miss. And it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nominees Which were was like number one in the odds. It was number one in the odds. And I saw a lot of people predicting it number one in the odds and they were wrong. Uh, the nom- And we were right, which I just feel like saying. Uh, the nominees for an animated short were Letter to a Pig, 95 Cents is Our Uniform. Uh, now, I would say Pachyderm, but uh, Jack Quaid did not. What do you think for this one? Jack Quaid is right, because I don't trust you on any pronunciation. You know how you fuck everything up. So. And then more is over. And I'm I also sure said... that he rehearsed it. So it was Pachyderm or something? Or Pache, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it was. I can't even say it right. I would just say Pachyderm. That's how it's spelled but it's not right because that's not how Jack Wade said it. And you're right. Trust Jack Wade. And then war is over. So I got two out of five. I had a letter to a pig and war is over. Um, I, well, I don't even remember. Oh, I had, I had Humo and Pete, right? I yeah, had letters to a pig. I had 95 senses. So, oh, great. so, so I had got, three out of five. Right. Okay. I had a uh, Humo boom and Pete. Right. You had boom. Um, Yeah. I was just, you know, like we said, just out on Once Upon a Studio, just a glorified Disney commercial. Mm-hmm. There's no story there Mm-mm. at all. Um, so I was like, I don't think they will go for that. And they didn't. At all here, so. Uh, in um, these branches, again, like thinking of American Symphony 2, just remember, I, I, I say this mostly for myself. Remember this for next year. The obvious like crowd pleaser thing in these lower, and these like uh, smaller categories, whatever you want to call them, are not going to always, they're not going to usually pay off, I think. Like Once Upon a Time Studios, probably a great crowd pleaser that uh, I, my daughter would love to watch, but I don't think the branch was super. There's literally no story there. It's just right. Disney characters. Right. <laughs> it's like, you might not care as a viewer about that because you just like seeing these characters together. But as a filmmaker, they do care about that. Yep. You know, and then also, uh, you know, like I said, my rule is to never go with the full top five in these because yeah. I don't think. I think people are just copying and pasting whatever the top five has been set as. So. And here, uh, best documentary short choice. I only got two out of five. I went mostly the top five. I think I got five. I had five of the top six and that proved wrong. And you uh, were an early adopter on uh, Nai Nai and Waipo. And that gets I was, it. yes. The other nominees are ABCs of Book Banning, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, uh, The Last Repair Shop, and Nai Nai and Waipo. Yeah, like that, just, I haven't seen it, full disclosure, but just reading about it, um, you know, family, and it's won a couple, like, audience awards. I'm like, this this will get in. Yeah. The, I had last song, in, uh, I guess snubs then in this category based on the odds. Last song from Kabul was up there, deciding vote, Camp Courage. Uh, oh, right, you had Camp Courage. That was in six, I think, in the odds. Yeah, I felt like, were you just predicting that because Netflix? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I felt like that was why people were predicting it. Yeah, I thought it would be easy to see, and so that will help it. But obviously, that was wrong. And then live action short choice. Um, I ended up with four to five. These were the nominees. It was the after. Meghan Markle thrilled this morning with these Oscar nominations. No one loved the after more than Meghan Markle. Uh, Invincible, Night of Fortune, Red, White, and Blue, and the Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar for Wes Anderson. Uh, I put Night of Fortune in late because you were like, it's 101 odds. It should be much higher. And uh, and I should have right. put it in. I didn't put it in. I put it in uh, and I was I like, screw it. it. Uh, yeah. And so I had 101 odds on that uh, and Invincible. I also I think, had, I think because of you, you made it 70 to one. That's awesome. I, 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 I ended up I ended up with, a, I, I had an avocado pit and I missed that one. So I saw, yeah, 
I saw a lot of I, I had Good Boy, so that yeah. missed. It, um, I know I should have just done Night of Fortune. So I don't listen uh, to myself. Good Boy and uh, Anne Frank Gift Shop was a snub here in theory, and also Strange Way of Life. Those are the movies that had the most famous people in them outside of Henry Sugar, but none of them were really great. And Strange Way of Life, I think a lot of people were just expecting to get in based on Almodovar and yeah. and Pedro Pascal and Ethan Hawke. But man, I didn't talk to one person who was like super psyched about that movie. I mean, and we, we talked it. about this last week and how of the tour shorts, the one that would get in would be Henry Sugar. Yes. I took a lot of flack in the YouTube comments just for saying I didn't like Henry Sugar. And I'm standing by it. I didn't like it. But I like the other Wes Anderson shorts. They're good. Why Why do we all have to like everything? I don't know. Also, uh, not liking something doesn't doesn't mean you hate it. It just means I you don't. Didn't, I didn't like it. But it's it, like, it, yeah. Like, you just don't love it. So, uh. Anything else here? I'm trying to look other snubs I wrote down. Nothing nothing really standing out, I guess. Um those are the Oscar nominations then, Joyce. What do, what do you think? What do you for any any other thoughts on this? Those are the categories. Um, well, now it's gonna be kind of boring. So there are some exciting races, you know, like visual effects. <laughs> well, here's what I think. Um hmm. So the supporting acting categories are locked, I feel like. And then I think actress and actor are pretty competitive still and will be- They're competitive at the moment, but they could both turn into sweepers. They could, but I'm gonna, I think of those two, I think actor actually could be the most, I think actress is gonna be the one we're still debating going into the Oscar night. I think actor will be Giamatti and they'll kind of like cohere co around him. You know, you know what's been funny? This happens every year, but it's happening again. Um, since we've had the Globes and Critics' Choice Awards, um, there are still these straggler regional critics awards still announcing winners mm -hmm. and stuff. And but since since Globes and Critics, these critics awards, uh Emma Stone and Paul Giamatti have won more than Killian Murphy and Lily Gladstone mm -hmm. and it just feels so reactive to these two people who won those two awards and just very like got you know very much like critics like choice energy it's like we want to predict the Oscars and we've seen this happen before like two years ago after Kristen Stewart lost the globe and was snubbed at SAG she stopped winning <laughs> the remaining critics awards mm -hmm. and they were giving it to like olivia coleman you know or someone else like jessica chastain but she she was dominating like regional critics awards kristen stewart but mm -hmm. after those you know two misses um she's she stopped winning a lot so and I, I think we're seeing that now with paul and emma yeah i think that's true i i I'm looking at it now. Based on how these movies performed, I do think Killian could win over Paul still, obviously. I mean, I think, I think it's just between the two of them. <laughs> certainly. I do think Lily, that the, the way, I think Flower Moon underperformed and I think that's going to also not bode great for her. And I think we could just have like, I guess Emma would be like Frances McDormand or, you know, like an analog to that. I don't know. I'm just like, I feel like, she could easily just win now. I think she's going to obviously should win a BAFTA and I guess Sandra Huller could win and that making a lot of fun. 
And I actually think she can win at SAG too, honestly. I don't know. I guess we'll see. And then she could just end up steamrolling through. It's a little, it just doesn't feel like the momentum on Flower Moon felt like it took a hit here. When when do you think you really saw it backsliding? Was it when she lost Critics' Choice, even though that has nothing to do with the industry? <laughs> a little bit, I guess, I would say. I, I just felt like, not necessarily because they picked Blanchett over Michelle Yeoh last year, right? Or, you know, so it's like not a total Yeah, but thing. they also, everyone, everyone loved everything everywhere. That was the difference. Right. No, I'm saying like the Critics' Choice like could have easily done Michelle Yeoh. They didn't, right? You know, Right, yeah. But I'm saying like it's like that that comp doesn't really work with Michelle and Lily because... Oh, people not everybody likes Flower Moon. Yeah, people love Michelle's movie and not everyone loves Lily's movie. I mean, I think for me, definitely the ba BAFTA was like the the worst. That was a That's a real tough beat. Just missing BAFTA, again, with the way they have it structured specifically for the jury system to prevent that kind of snub uh it's like engine it's and she should have been top two she wasn't even top three and then she misses the jury it's just it's like that is like a really tough sign I, yeah i think that is kind of a signal that because the that that initial voting period was in december mm -hmm. so that already tells us she did not have that momentum in december to be top three yeah and i like we said i mean the move but she's definitely like the only spot the movie can win and so like it could be she could be the lone winner it could go one for ten and like everybody's happy but poor things i think is competitive in like multiple categories and it could easily go for 11 i guess you could argue right but it, it feels like it's gonna win you know it could win at like i mean it could steal one of those uh like costumes costume, or, like, production yeah. design from barbie mm -hmm. you um, could, emma could win it could win adapted screenplay. Yeah. Like it's more win competitive than Flower Moon, I guess. It, it could also go like one for 11 or 0 for 11. You never know. I mean, the fact is Oppenheimer is going to win like eight, six. How many do you think Oppenheimer is going to win? I don't know. Well, picture, director. Supporting actor. Um, supporting actor. Um, cinematography. Cinematography, editing. Sound. Mm -hmm. Score. How many is that? One, two, three, four, uh, seven, I guess. Right? Yeah. And then it could win actor and screenplay. And screenplay. So it could win up to nine. Maybe even, I mean, it, it could win. Obviously, it could win up to 13, but it could win at least, at least nine, most likely, or up to yeah. nine. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll see. The, the The good thing is for phase two, they have a great opportunity now to focus fully more on Lily and like kind of keep that conversation going, right? And I she's mean, the first- always just focused on Lily. I know, but now they have like, you know, the benefit of being like, she's the, the first Native American acting nominee, right? And all these different things that they could do, basically. Play into the history of it. You yeah, love the performance. I mean, like she's, she's gonna need to win SAG to stay competitive, needless to say. Um, and, but, but that is like- it's both hard and easy for her to win that because the performance is just not really what they go for because it's so internal, you know, but they do love a narrative at SAG. They do love a narrative um, at SAG. I think and then I, I mean, I think like, and I think Emma's performance is something that could appeal to a wider swath of people because it is so 
in your face, right? And she's doing so much that I think even the non-actors, like the after part of it, can appreciate what she's doing, whereas it might be harder for them to clock what Lily is doing in her performance. She's also very funny, which I think helps. She's the whole movie. And it's, quote, I'm using air quotes here, brave. It's a brave performance because so she's brave. like, she's so brave, truly brave. Uh, I mean, we'll say this, like after I saw Poor Things at Telluride, I was like, Emma Stone is going to steamroll to a Best Actress win. And then Lily came into the category and I still thought Emma Stone was going to steamroll to a Best Actress win. And then I went to the Gotham Awards and watched all the critics groups like go head over heels for Lily. And she's obviously incredible uh, in the room. And I think all of her speeches and 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 opportunity speaking about the movie have been like really great and so in terms of narrative i do think she's got the better edge there but then like that's why i keep going back to like but I you think, can't just win on narrative and i so. think that i just keep going back like it's maybe not the most eloquent or perfect comp but i do think it's like anthony hopkins and ma rainey and uh chadwick boseman for ma rainey even though obviously flower moon performed way better than ma rainey did it just feels like the narrative is uh, for Lily and she's got a great performance, but like people just love, they loved Anthony Hopkins in the movie and like they love Emma Stone in the movie. And I think if they're voting for their favorite, like you say, they're always going to pick what they like the most. And I think most, maybe that ends up being Emma, but if she loses SAG and Lily wins, then it's a completely different conversation. Then they'll be even assuming Emma wins BAFTA. Right. I mean, I think, you know, what you're saying about like the mood in the room that also applies to Emma and like you were at the Gotham's which is like some industry people but mostly like journalists and critics right and we saw at the Globes where they both won that they're both beloved right like yeah. Emma got immediate standing ovation I mean there are a lot of standing O's but that was one that you felt was legit yeah like yeah. they love her and uh and Lily got two standing O's before and after her speech so um, i don't think there's like an edge there in no. terms of this applausometer <laughs> uh, oh my god just the luncheon how many people are going to be tweeting about the applause on i can't uh, wait i'm going to make i gotta set an alert for kyle buchanan tweet so he can tell me what happened there and clock clock the applause um at the, the last year when we were doing this uh i don't maybe we do you remember do we think jamie lee curtis was going to win I think that was like no, that was more fun. That that was uh, supporting actress was the fun category last so year. Remember, we probably would have had Jamie Lee third out of the three, right? Between Angela and and Carrie I think Cotton. we only seriously considered her after she won SAG, which was the last to go. Because and at so, this point, Angela Bassett had won both the Globe and Critics Choice Award, but I never felt like she was going to win. So who? So who's this? Year's it was Jamie like Lee it was Curtis. like Jamie Curtis and like Carrie Condon who won BAFTA later. So so who's this year's Jamie Lee Curtis then? I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is America Ferrera, but she's not going to win, right? Like she I, I like got this in the phase. same way. <laughs> no, I like this phase though because it does end up based on what ha I think. I I I probably I probably placed maybe wrongly, but more value and what like I think that there is a response in the industry of what ha what was left out. You don't want to say snubbed or whatever I call it snubbed, but like I think that could help some of these. Like I'll be curious to see if Barbie gets a renewed push or a renewed bounce because it missed these. Like people are really like, how do you not nominate Barbie's director and star for Barbie when you gave it eight nominations? And I wonder different categories. I know, but I'm saying like <laughs> the industry as a whole. 
is like, what the hell? Like, that was stupid, I think. I think people will feel like that was stupid. Not that there was room. And like we talked about, there's very ad- like very explainable and maybe even obvious reasons why these they missed. But I do wonder if that'll help it re- on an upswing. And with Flower Moon, like Leo and the screenplay, but I don't think there was a lot of passion around those like there was around Greta and Margot. So I'll be curious to see if that like does give it a boost somewhere. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, like boost in what way are you saying like you think it'll win best picture because i don't think it'll win best picture i don't i don't think it'll win best picture but i do think it could win screenplay adapted screenplay um very much so and i don't think america could win supporting actress but i think she's maybe second you want to predict her so badly i do but i think she's maybe second based on the list behind divine and I, I, think- I just I, people like always make this argument like people were making this argument before nominations of like oh if Greta is snubbed then she could be like Ben Affleck and Argo and I'm like Argo was already the front runner before I I book. like I said I don't I don't I would not have Barbie in second I think American Fiction if I was rank- when I rank these when we do our predictions like when we do our first predictions later and then talk about it whatever I would probably put Oppenheimer first American Fiction second the holdovers or maybe poor things third the holdovers fourth and probably anatomy of a fall fifth and then barbie sixth so i think let me see the only films to hit picture directing screenplay and editing are oppie anatomy poor things and zone I, I don't think Zone is going to be a broad academy. I mean, maybe it is. It's not going to win, but like they, they got those yeah. nominations. Like I have, I think Anatomy is in the top five and I think Holdovers. Oh, is I've, cool. I've always felt, I feel really vindicated because I've always believed in Anatomy. And I think, yeah. I do think American Fiction will have the biggest boost of any of these, especially if it wins SAG. I think that's, just, it just had a big day. It had a really nice day. Yeah, like it, I would say it overperformed the most here. The other thing I think that has is its benefit, and you mentioned this earlier, uh, is that it's of all these movies, maybe with the exception of Zone of Interest, it's probably the least seen at the moment. And I think it's going to get, a, and it's the it's most watchable. Yeah. And it's the most watchable. And so I feel like if people haven't checked it out yet, even in the industry, they're going to watch it and be like, oh shit, that rules. You know what I mean? Like it's just a really likable, very watchable, down the middle movie. Uh, that has some good social commentary and is like a great family drama. And I just think that has like, you've already seen all these, you know, people are not going to go back and watch Oppenheimer. Maybe they will, I guess, but you've already seen all these movies many times. And American fiction has the allure of being new compared to the rest of the lineup. And so I think that'll help it too. I still don't think it'll win, but I could see my talking myself into it after a win sag. I mean, it could win screenplay like that. And that I think would be like, you know, expensive expected almost like not like some something like good for like a movie of that stature for a, a debut f- filmmaker yeah you know like winning screenplay like that and we talked about this when we were doing sag predictions it like people were like doubting american fiction and i said this at a time too it was like i think it's because like it's underseen it hasn't opened wide yet right. and but like it was like such a sag ensemble nomination mm-hmm. you know like yeah. it's like it's 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 a secret not a secret but it's hidden in the marketing that it's a family drama and it's not just pure satire it's like twin track yeah it's like these two things um happening in the film 
and it's really more family drama and i think it's a it's a nice balance there and it's still it's doing well in its limited release like it's been in limited for a month and it's slowly expanding every weekend um and it's been doing well and yeah so i think you know this is this is a huge win for mgm and orion after it struggles the last couple mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah. You know, like sure. people were doubting early on if Jeffrey Wright could get in because they've had so much trouble getting its act their actors in. And they got an extra actor nobody was they really got an expecting. extra actor. They they got an additional nomination that not many people were predicting. Mm-hmm. Um and score. So yeah. Just a few emails, Joyce, before we leave. Um, because we've gone on too long. We want to get this up for the people. This one's from Sam. We emailed us at slugfest at goldderby.com. Hi, Joyce and Chris. Thanks for everything you do. You're the highlight of my week as I get to listen to you guys while I work in my lab. I wanted to ask you about the strikes effect on Oscar nominations. Do you think delays changed anything? Do you think one of my two favorite films of the year, All of Us Strangers, wouldn't have been blanked if it came out in September like it was supposed to instead of opening in six theaters at the end of December? I also want to pat myself on the back for having these five in director and best actress for months. Thanks. That's from Sam. Um, congratulations, Sam. Way to go, bud. Uh, I mean, you know, poor things was was also moved, ostensibly because of the strikes from yeah. September eighth to December eighth. I do think All of Us Strangers was released way too late. Uh, I think both of those are searchlight movies. Interestingly, mm-hmm. Poor Things absolutely made the right call by switching from September to December because. It didn't really need. It had. It was at all the big festivals and had been screening for months. And it's it like won the big, Golden Lion. And it's a big funny comedy, basically, right? And it just is like it felt like big enough that it could come out late and still be fine. All the Strangers, which is a much smaller film, much quieter film, uh, absolutely needed like a lot more runway. It needed like past lives level runway, and it could have maybe gotten the past lives, uh, the the women talking double of picture and screenplay. Um, but yeah, it just came out way too late. It came out December 22nd. Like that was and it premiered at Telluride and they could easily just run it. It could have come out in September, October, very easily. Yeah. And uh I mean, obviously at that time no one knew when the strikes were ending. But it's I think it's I and I think people, you know, they're obviously worried about promo and not having the actors there to do promo. But I think also, like, if you're able to get it out and just get it seen, because it's so small that that's important, too. And then whenever the strikes end, then they they could just go on the trail. Yeah. You know, which was, like, also what happened with so many of these. Like, so many emails once the actor strike mm-hmm. was over. Um, the first out of the gate was Coleman Domingo and paid and, off. And look at him now. Yep. So... Um, and like it was the same thing with, with like all the strangers, the the quartet. Like they there were so many junkets with them in November, once mm-hmm. the strike ended, and and yeah, it, it was it was so small. Um, so I mean, I didn't predict it for any nominations today. No. I know people were were hope dicking it, like the stands, Andrew Scott or screenplay for Andrew Haig. I'm like, I mean, once Barbie came in, there I was like, no chance. And once it missed its BAFTA goodbye. Good night, the lights. Or Andrew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I do think like he, like he probably got more number ones than Leo did. Um, but I was just like it, the the movie is just too small, mm-hmm. I think, and underseen probably. 
Joyce, before we get to a couple more emails, I just had a break in, breaking news here. Walter Cronkite uh, here. You tied as the top expert. Oh, wow. Matt Neglia and Ann Thompson. Y'all had 77.5%. So you're saying if I just kept Indiana Jones, I would have had solo first place. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you had 93 out of 120. I was uh, in, so you were tied for first, second, so I'm in third place all by myself with a 91 oh. out of 120. So I missed two different ones than you. But you know what? You you got adapted screenplay. Correct. Five for five. Yes. Uh, Tariq Khan was in second with Scott Mance, then me, and then a bunch of other people. Thelma Adams, Eric Davis, Kevin Blowy, Pete Hammond, 75%. Feel good about that, Joyce. That was great. Did, have you, you? I feel like you always finish in the top. Do I? I don't know. I feel like you're really I, don't know. I do remember one year I was first and I think I got like four out of five in multiple uh, shorts. That's how you do it. Like yeah. that carried me. <laughs> uh, another email. This one's from Grammar David. If you remember our old no, Grammar David, David R. Chris, great job this year saying the nominees are rather than the nominees were. You're welcome. Well, Dave, I feel bad for David because I definitely said the nominees uh, are uh, were uh, like a couple of times today in my haste. Anyway. The other day, I went to my local AMC to see The Color Purple, and I discovered it wasn't playing anymore. So I went to see American Fiction instead. Fuck, I was blown away. It deserves any Oscar it gets. I wish the legendary Leslie Uggams was in the mix for supporting actress. I found her performance particularly moving. But my question is about the holdovers. I'm stuck on a plot point. I find it hard to believe that the wealthy father of one of the holdover kids arrives by helicopter and agrees to take all the students on a family ski trip. Why was this even in the script? It would have been more amusing if Angus was the only holdover out of the entire student body. Edit those kids out and there's 30 minutes gone right there. Please help me get past my obsessive thought loops about this plot point so I can move on and enjoy the film's Oscar wins. That's from David R. Well, a, a new American fiction stan, David R. And it's like also potentially my burner based on that take on the holdovers because I everything he wrote I was like yes yes uh-huh exactly right why is this in the movie uh-huh yes well, like I said I feel like the movie really starts when he gets injured and they have to go to the hospital like it, it truly why would it, it the, why is that in there I don't under I don't get it either I, I think they I wanted like antics with kids I guess, I you know, it didn't work for me, but I know it works for everybody else. So there you go. Uh, I definitely agree with that. And I also was surprised. I guess that's why I was surprised about the editing nomination. But what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I think they, they wanted just to have more stuff at the school. But I, I don't see like I'm someone who likes to have a lot of information about movies before I see them I know a lot of people go into movies blind and I could never do that like no fucking way so like I knew the plot of the holdovers and and everything so I was just like like really just waiting for the movie to fully begin between Paul and Angus you know like for the kids to go away somehow <laughs> and they did it's funny when I first read that when it sold a tip like two years ago, I remember reading the log line and it was basically the log line is based and I'm, I'm I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it was basically like at a, a prestigious boarding school, a teacher and a student and the, 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 the cook are left behind during Christmas break. And I'm yeah. like, that's the plot of the movie. A great premise for a movie. And then when you watch the movie, it's like, 
actually it's the teacher and the cook and then 12, 10 other kids and you have to do scenes with these other kids and then they are all going to leave and then you get the one kid. And I just was like, would have been great to just do with the the basic premise. Right. Or they just find a way to get rid of the other kids earlier. Yeah. Uh, so. Last question, Joyce, then we're going to sign off. This one is from Jane who writes, Joyce and Chris... Uh, great Oscar nominations morning. Uh, question about Barbie. Dance the Night is actually the best song in Barbie. Why do you think voters have refused to embrace it? Is it just because of the genre? Um, I think they just like Billie Eilish. Um, winner already. Remember, she performed at the Oscars before um in in 2020 like she was like promoting no time to die but then not, that obviously got delayed um and yeah i i do think like it dance and i would have gone in if films could get more than two songs in the category but i absolutely think it would be easily would have gotten in like without question would have gotten in based on the way the nomination shook out there yeah i think it's like billy is already has already been embraced by them and it's it is the more serious song I you know and then I'm just Ken is like the the novelty song sung by one of the characters or you know multiple characters in the film and in a key scene in the film and yeah like dance the night is in the film as well in a dance sequence uh, I, I I think like it it's kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy. I I feel like we we all just kind of left dance the night behind ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, because people love I'm just Ken, and then Billy's just Billy. I absolutely uh, love all three of the songs. I think they're all great um, for different reasons, and I think. I totally agree. I think that just that Billy's it just would obviously get in. It's also in terms of the movie, it's part of the most emotional scene. And it's also like littered throughout the score as well. Like the whole score is built on that song as well. And so like, it just makes sense that it would get in. I will say this. I think I'm just Ken is win competitive in the category. And I actually think it could win. Or what if they just split the vote? and then I, don't, else? I don't think it'd be something else. Unless you think Diane Warren. What if Diane Warren. Diane Warren's going to win for a Cheetos song. I mean, is Billie Eilish going to beat Diane Warren for a second time? Yes, but I think I'm just can't could win over both. I guess we'll see. Uh, Joyce, this was so much fun. We're going to sign off and we'll be back next week, I guess, with our first first. Yeah, this, scroll is, this through is the, the only episode this week because there's been too much of us yeah. this whole month. And then we'll come back and do our first pick next week, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby.com.